This is Hemant. And Jessica. And we're here for the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Uh, enough banter for now. <laughs> we wanted to start with a quick announcement, which is that, you know, for the three years mm-hmm. almost, I think, that we've been doing the show, uh, we've been asking people to go to patreon.com slash That is my personal Patreon page that I use for the website and YouTube and this podcast. And uh, people have been really generous, which is awesome. But uh, we're actually going to try something new, which is that we wanted to uh, do something specifically for this podcast because mm-hmm. we feel like we've gotten into a type of show that we both really enjoy and mm-hmm. it's fun for us to do. And based on the feedback, which we appreciate from you all, you seem to like it too. Yeah. And we'd like to keep that going. Um, but one of the things that happens on my Patreon page is that I don't really know if people who are donating are giving it because they like the website or YouTube or this podcast. And, and it's kind of hard to tell which thing people appreciate. Maybe it's all of it. That's nice. Or but, none of it. Or none of it. And they made and, a terrible mistake. <laughs> I haven't discounted that. <laughs> um, so here's what we're asking you to do. We set up a new Patreon page specifically for this podcast. It is patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Um, and we're asking you to give to there uh, for, I think if you give $1, uh, you'll get early episodes of the show. There are more rewards after that. And if you are kind enough to be giving to my personal page already because you like the show, I am totally giving you permission <laughs> to, to stop giving to me if this podcast is all you care about. You don't have to give to me. You can cancel whatever you give to my personal page and give it instead to the Friendly Atheist podcast. Give Jess Patreon a slice of that page. pie. Yeah, and it would be, <laughs> it'll be easier for us to kind of manage how we're doing this show, what's working, what's not, getting mm-hmm. feedback from people. So we would really appreciate that. It's something we're trying. The page is live mm-hmm. now. So again, patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist podcast. And you know what? The cool part about that is if people are doing that, we don't have to like even try to do weird advertising yeah. and try to sell you weird stuff besides yeah. ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> which sounds wrong, but yeah, there you go. Crazy about that way you phrased it. That's one of the higher rewards. Uh, yeah, we like <laughs> the last few. Really, since we started doing these regularly, which is kind of since I moved nearer yeah. to you because I used to live an hour and a half away. Um, we've been getting so much feedback, and yeah. most of it is fairly nice. Yeah. I, I will <laughs> softly categorize it, at, and it's it's been fun getting yeah. you know, a couple of emails a day from people and tweets and somebody made a drinking game about our podcast (laughs) and by that i definitely mean it's shit i do (laughs) uh we're both pissed drunk right now that is how it works no okay i i I feel like i do need to denote because alcohol has for some reason become part of this podcast we're at we're recording at my house today um so we're drinking like I didn't bring a juice box of wine for us. <laughs> so we're This is d- like actual bottled wine. Yeah, with a glass bottle and everything at a cork. It's fancy. Cork. Yeah, it is. It's Boggle or Bogle, and I'm not sure which, but I really like All it. Right. Would recommend. <laughs> it's good. It is, like, you know. I took one sip. It tastes like wine. They all taste the same to me. It's fine. All right. Okay. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on that we really yeah. wanted to... So to talk about. Yeah, it's Friday night. Um, it is Friday night. We do record night. Thursdays. Yeah. Um, Which means there's even more shit to talk there's about. There's so much to talk about. All I, right. Are we going to talk about the healthcare thing? Uh, kind of, okay. I think. Uh, not I'm, as much the healthcare. I had okay. an issue with something else Trump did that, that didn't get enough attention because of the healthcare stuff. Uh-huh. Um, let me talk about that because he oh, signed the, an executive order. Johnson? Yeah, he signed an executive order, Trump did, on a Thursday morning. And just to lay out, if you're new to the, the like, what the hell's going on here, 
there was a thing in the law signed in like the 1950s called the Johnson Amendment. And basically what it says is nonprofit groups cannot endorse political candidates for office. Mm -hmm. That applies to churches. Yes. It applies to Planned Parenthood, the NRA. It applies to the ACLU, any nonprofit group. They cannot say, hey, members, you have to vote for this group. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, how do you get around that? If you're like the NRA and you totally support one candidate or the ACLU when you support another. Wait, the NRA is a nonprofit? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, they all have uh, uh, separate maybe political wings that are legal, but Uh like, no, they're nonprofits. So so what do you do if you're these groups? There's a couple of ways you could kind of push your members legally to do something. You Uh could say, hey, on this issue that we care about, Here's what the candidates have said. Right. You could say uh, the Secular Coalition for America, for example, does this. They say, here are seven bills that matter to our members, church-state separation bills. Mm -hmm. Here's how every member of Congress voted, and here's the results. Hey, look, Democrats did really well. (laughs) Or they'll grade somebody. So, like, Democrats are always touting about how, like, I got an F from the NRA because it's a sort of point of pride. Right. Or they love their A's. Yeah. And so this is what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's fine. And that's legal. And yeah. churches do this all the and time, obviously. It's definitely like tap dance around. It's not yeah. like following the nature of the law by any, <laughs> by any stretch. It's, it's totally, the of the law. you're right. It's tap dancing around it. And how do churches deal with this? If you're like an evangelical megachurch, you say things like, you know, this is the... Can, uh, uh, this is the pro-homosexuality candidate, right, and that's horrible. Right. And this one likes abortion and when killing all gonna, the babies. When are they going to drop the pro-homosexual thing? Like, I, they lost. <laughs> oh, although, okay. Wait. The long, you know, the longer they keep up being anti-gay, uh-huh. I feel like, you know, as, as horrible as that is, mm-hmm. that just I makes our case easier. I have a thing that just made a liar out of me. So finish. Okay, let's, well, let's finish being So anyway, that's this. the Johnson Amendment. It yep. says you can't endorse a candidate if you want to Tap dance around it, go ahead, mm-hmm. but you can't endorse them. But like, yeah. and that's to be fair, not to be specific. It's you don't get tax breaks if you endorse a candidate, right? Right. Uh, so, nonprofits get a tax exemption. The rule is, if you break that rule and you endorse a candidate, right. the IRS could say, "Fine, you don't get a tax right. exemption." They can do whatever they want. They just have to play by the rules. Right. If you want to endorse a candidate, go ahead, but then start paying some taxes. And I think in the past like twenty years. One church that literally took out a full-page newspaper ad that said "vote for this candidate," like they oh, did not. Because they're taunting things. the IRS. Pretty right. Um, this wasn't even part of the taunting. This is just they took out an ad saying "go vote for this guy," and people were like, "You can't do that." And the IRS said, "Yeah, you you can't. That we can't even try to pretend you didn't break right. the law." We're not they took away the their tax way. exemption one time. Since then, you're, uh, Jessica brings up the point that a lot of churches have tried to taunt the IRS. They have something called Pulpit Freedom Sunday, where they try to endorse candidates on stage in the hopes that the IRS will come after them mm-hmm. because they want to fight this in court because they say, no, we have free speech. We can do whatever we want on stage. You can't take away our tax exemptions. Mm, um, that's not how free speech works. Yeah. And the IRS hasn't given them that ammo, right? which is frustrating. You would think the IRS would come after some of these churches. Yeah. They haven't. Well, yeah, out that of, is very surprising. Out of laziness, out of, it, I don't know why. I mean, out of, if, I had to wager, if I had to wager, I guess it probably is an acute look for the IRS to be gunning after a church. Yeah, it's not good politics. For, I think, for, I think. In reality, it would be a very savvy move, but I think the front page, like IRS suing like Catholic Church, right. isn't that's, 
That's going to be gonna tough be, for the IRS. Yeah, the IRS and doesn't have a great like <laughs> PR presence anyway, so I think they're just doing the best they can. Yeah, and I think John Oliver did a piece on this a year or two ago oh, where yeah. the IRS is severely understaffed too. Yes. So they have their priorities. It's but probably the US not government is understaffed. Uh, it's not one of their priorities. Freedom from Religion Foundation mm-hmm. actually sued the IRS saying, you got to start going after these churches that are breaking the law. Right. And basically that whole lawsuit resulted in the IRS saying, look, let's just settle this. We promise we'll go after them in the future. And if you're still unsatisfied, you can go ahead and sue us again. That's where they left it off a few years that's ago. That's literally the legal equivalent of like, <laughs> can you guys be chill? <laughs> like that's <laughs> pretty what much. They did. That is pretty much <laughs> it. So that's where we were at. Yeah. And now Donald Trump said, "I'm gonna." He campaigned on this. He said he's been gonna do it since he got into office. He said, "I will repeal the Johnson Amendment sure. so that churches can endorse candidates." Not the hero we deserve. He's the hero we need. <laughs> he's wearing a cape and everything, and. He, here's the thing. He can't repeal the Johnson Amendment. That's right. a law that takes Congress to do. I mean, I will say Donald Trump has time and again presented the fact that he does not understand no. how the government works. Yeah, so he keeps like, saying, I'll repeal, I'll repeal. You can't do that. Can I tell you my dream? Go like, for my it. utter dream is him being at a press conference or something with microphones and a camera and somebody just asking him, like, Hey Trump, uh, how does a bill become a law? <laughs> or like something really like basic yeah. civics like that? I like I live for that moment. Like, Why did debate- they start the Civil War? <laughs> you can no, do but- it. <laughs> no, but every debate between him and him and Hillary, every debate, I was like, this is the time that somebody's going to be like, hey, dude, like, <laughs> how does the House of Representatives work? How many, <laughs> how many members are, <laughs> are in Congress? Yeah, he would fail. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, continue. <laughs> so. So Trump That's can't just, just repeal it, it, but he said, I'm going to sign an executive order. That's what he did Thursday. Mm. And this is kind of like out of nowhere. This came with a very little announcement ahead of time. Right. But it was kind of freaky. They're like, pretty what's busy he going to say? Aggressively trying to murder people that day yes. also. So. They were, and this is while healthcare is going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all this debate's going on. He signs the bill on Thursday on uh, the National Day of Reason when all those conservative Christians love National to day pray. Of- Prayer. I'm sorry, National Day of Prayer. <laughs> like, that's the atheist the counter op- with the National Day of Reason. <laughs> the opposite of that. Um, he signs this bill. Here's the thing. So that sounds kind of scary. Yeah. And to be fair, the religious right, I mean, they surrounded him at the signing because he loves his photo ops. Wait, question. Just yeah. important question. I did not see this photo. Over, under, three women or people of color. Uh, ben Carson, I believe, was in the mix because uh-huh. I know Trump referenced him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, he name checked a black person. Checked. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I won't hear of it. Um, he also mentioned the uh, little oh shit, little sisters of the poor, the the Catholic nuns group that fought the Hobby Lobby. Like, we don't want to sign the paperwork because that allows people to get uh, uh, birth control. Yep. They were there. So if the nuns count, they were there. They can count. Um, but it was were it was a photo op? op. I think so. They were it was the photo op with the religious right. They seemed very happy on that stage that this guy was finally signing their thing. Which, but there is consequences, right? Because we, I think we talked about this last episode. Yeah. Um, I may have forgotten most of it as <laughs> I want to do because I black out. Or I don't black out, you guys. That's a joke. <laughs> um, but there's repercussions, right? Like this isn't. It's the same way protection of church and state really does protect both church and the state. This is going to likely have negative repercussions, yeah? 
Uh, it, like, if he could actually repeal it, would it have sure. repercussions? Yes. Yes. Okay. And here's the problem that a lot of, by the way, a lot of religious groups Are don't anti. want this to happen. Yeah, you yeah. know, we covered this on the last episode. Said, I'm sorry, I don't remember what I say. That's what okay. Say. Uh, what they basically argue is that if you let our churches become, like, political endorsements. Oh, that's it. That's the ball game. That's, that's all, all we do. That's all we're going to end up doing. Especially It'll become an easy way to funnel money into campaigns, too, mm-hmm. too because... Churches don't have to report who's giving them money. They just pass around the collection plate. Oh, fuck. What if someone's like, here's a check for gazillions of dollars for the candidate? Like, they don't want to do that in church (laughs) at some of these churches. The anti-homosexual candidate? Oh, yeah. So brave. Um, So a lot of churches are opposed to this, too. But here's the amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Trump signs this. Mm -hmm. Religious right people in the photo op love this. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, a lot of conservative people started saying... What the hell did you just sign? <gasps> really? Yeah, I'm going to quote here. Wait, is there a chance that Trump did not read what he signed? Oh, there's a very good chance he didn't read it. <laughs> or But even if it had it. said what he said it would do, like that wouldn't have been any Super different. quick sidebar. Yeah. Have you heard of the conspiracy theory that Donald Trump can't read? Yes. Hilarious. It, it Sam brings B. me... I've heard, it from, I've heard it from many places, but if you guys don't know, there's... Because if, if one has heard Donald Trump speak, you know he... Uh, isn't reading from teleprompter most of the time. What do you call it when it's off the cup? Uh, ad-libbing and uh, stuff? No, not ad-libbing. Oh, you mean what? The like teleprompter? The, the fancy way to say that you're making shit up as you go along. Oh, yeah, ad-libbing. It's not, it's what? like nope. a... Ugh. I don't know. Haven't, you're a speech guy. That's like all you do. Improvise? Uh, whatever. Whatever. You're useless to me. I'm sorry. Um, he just says words that come into his mind whether they make sense or not, or are English or not. Gibberish. Just garbage <laughs> gibberish. Um, but, but so there's this theory that, like, he straight up can't read, and that's why all of his speeches sound like a third grader, like, pretending to run for they president. They all just go on tangents. They oh make no God. sense. Yeah. It's, uh, I just, listening to him, did you read the um, the interview with him and, shit, who was it? Uh, somebody, he, he uh, fam- an interview this yeah. week when he talked about things that he didn't understand. Is this helpful or not? Or is that uh, every He was on interview? Face the Nation on Sunday talking with uh, their host, yeah. John Dickerson. The one that, the one that, yes, it was John, that's not one I'm thinking of, but yeah. And the answers he gave were, and it's really ironic that I'm criticizing his talking while I am like rambling the way <laughs> I am right now. I hear it, guys. You don't need to tweet at me. Um, <laughs> but just, I'm also not the president. Thank God. Um, <laughs> But just the way he fucking, like, rambles and says not... Like, this isn't a hot take. We all know this. But, like, fuck, why? How? He's not coherent. He He, isn't. He barely... Like, he can't complete a thought. You have to wonder if he has a speechwriter. Because I know he does on staff somewhere. Well, I mean, you've heard... The thing is, you can definitely hear when he's reading yeah <laughs> or or i would love or to see conspiracy the look. theory has a thing in his ear that's and he's just repeating it because he can't read and he's i upstairs. would love to see the reaction on the speechwriter's face when he goes off script and just starts rambling oh, oh that would be God. beautiful like stick to the words i wrote for you terrific so, conservatives some of them mm-hmm. s- he signs this bill yeah then here's some of the reactions uh columnist david french who writes for the national review Quote, this is total, I'm sorry, this is, quote, total weak sauce and a sop to the gullible. Uh, Russian Moore, uh, Russell Moore, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm hoping that the draft we're seeing this morning is not the entire project and that more will be forthcoming. Oh, um, no. Ryan Anderson from the Heritage Foundation, huge think tank for the conservative movement. He called the new order, quote, woefully inadequate. 
all of these people. So, okay. So why, what was it about, what was it about this particular executive order that they didn't like? It was a piece of garbage. Why was it a piece of garbage? I don't know. Because it didn't say much of anything. It didn't say you can go ahead and do whatever the hell you want. So what did it actually do? It basically said, Hey, IRS, don't go after churches if they're doing the things that other nonprofits do all the time, but other nonprofits don't promote candidates. I didn't realize he specifically isolated churches. Oh, oh yeah. He specifically... I don't know why I'm surprised um, by that. I'm going to read you the executive order itself, uh, parts of it, because it's wordy. Um, <laughs> the, the Department of the Treasury, blah, 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 does not take any adverse action against any individual, mm-hmm. house of worship, mm-hmm. or other religious organization on the basis that such individual or organization speaks or has spoken about moral or political issues from a religious perspective where similar where speech of similar character blah 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 if you're talking about stuff from your faith perspective mm-hmm. IRS don't go after them is basically what he's saying but People you know what love to be protected they haven't been going after them anyway it's just, it's purely it symbolic didn't do anything okay so a couple things about this one didn't do anything yeah it didn't really give a gift to the religious Feels rights that like they didn't have before for like the last four months. <laughs> yeah, right? he has, he's not living up to the promises yeah, he made, you don't even to them. Say. Even to them. But here's the beautiful. Did you hear Sean Spicer get in a fight about whether something was a fence or a wall? It was excellent. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> it was so excellent. Even the reporters <laughs> are like, really? That's the thing you put up? That's your scary little fence? I'm sorry, go ahead. Just, <laughs> I just love to see the unraveling. Um, after Trump signs this, uh-huh. the ACLU, which uh-huh. was all, like, you could tell they were just waiting to like file the lawsuit <laughs> like they did with the Muslim ban. Yes. As soon as you sign it, we have a lawsuit ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the moment we've been practicing. Yes. For. <laughs> ACLU waits to, to see all this. They read the executive order and they put out a statement. The ACLU. Uh, today's executive order signing was an elaborate photo op with no discernible policy outcome. Oh, shit. After careful review of the order's text, we have determined that the order does not meaningfully alter the ability of religious institutions or individuals to intervene in the political process. So we ain't doing shit because this thing, this order oh doesn't God. do anything. That That's is the ACLU. such an <laughs> excellent, like, just took them down at the knees. Yeah. Because they're so impotent. They're the, so impotent. Yeah. The ACLU is like, we're waiting for you to do this thing that yeah. you've been saying. Right. That is totally illegal because we're going to pounce on you. And then they're like, no, oh, you didn't this. really do anything, <laughs> this did you? This isn't like worth our paper that we wrote this on. <laughs> then the oh, Freedom God. From Religion Foundation is looking at this thing. And they're like, well, he did sign the executive order mm-hmm. that really, at least in theory, gives churches this special privilege to do these things. Now, the order oh, does oh, not so, say it, so. Because it um, isolates It isolates churches. churches saying, you get to do this special thing. IRS shouldn't come after you sure. if you do these things. Mm-hmm. But it said specifically, religious organizations. So FFRF says, well, that doesn't apply <laughs> to us. us. We're a nonprofit. Yeah. We cater to atheists. But this executive order does not apply to us. We can't endorse candidates still. But hmm. now churches can, according to everything Trump said, and they quoted all the things he said, and then they filed the lawsuit saying, we don't care what your executive order does. Uh-huh. Like, it more or less says this is what you mean by it, uh-huh. and that is discriminatory against atheists. So they're filing a lawsuit. 
uh, saying it's unconstitutional. So somebody's getting sued. Somebody's getting sued. Yeah, FFRF is suing them. So that's one thing. So this order that the religious right, some of them think it's great. Some of them think it's totally impotent and doesn't do mm-hmm. anything. The ACLU says it doesn't do anything. Right. FFRF says, well, we don't, <laughs> on paper, we guess it doesn't do anything. But <laughs> based on all your statements, the meaning of this and the wording of the order it privileges churches. Yeah. You can't do that. We're Hammond, suing you over Hammond, that. Hammond, the Christian church is the most persecuted <laughs> body in this country. And of you know they that. Are. You know that. Look what we're doing right now. We're, we're, being, per- we're being mean to them. Well, you should let the Christian out of your cage back there. <gasps> She's not in there. I got a pu- You guys, I got a puppy. <laughs> I can't believe it's taken me so long to mention her. Her name is Dottie Hansen, and she's perfect, and I love Wait, her. Wait, she has a last name? Yeah, Dottie Hansen. Do other Hansen. people do this with dogs? <sighs> hey, man, is this going to be another thing that you don't know the reference? No. Guys, drink. Um, <laughs> you've seen A League of Their Own, yeah? No. Hammond! It's the baseball movie. It's the best sports movie that's ever happened. Come at me, guys. It's the best sports movie that's <laughs> ever happened. She, it's the Gina Davis character. She's the catcher, and it... <sighs> Hammond! Tell me about these movies you speak You're of. such an asshole. <laughs> anyway, her name is Dottie Hinson. Nice. I want to name her Marla Hooch, which is another character. Why do I? Why do we do this podcast? You don't know anything. <laughs> I have no idea what Somebody out about. there thought Marla Hooch was a really cute name. Thank you, person who's out there who thinks <laughs> it's a cute name. I was really pushing it for it. I kind of want to name her Marla Pooch, because it's a oh, pun. Nice, nice. Her name is Dottie Hinson. You'll have to wait for the second dog. Oh, I can't wait to get a second dog. She's five months old. She's perfect. If you follow my Twitter or Instagram, <laughs> they're at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E is my Twitter. Yep. That's right. And B-L- Well, it's B-L-U-E-B-U-R-Y and Instagram. Oh, my God. Listen. Come on. Okay. I started this like eight years ago. <laughs> I didn't realize anybody would ever give a shit. <laughs> so this is all really fresh and new. Um, anyway, follow those things. If you want to see a picture of my adorable fucking puppy, she loves to watch movies. She nice. and Mikey watched Return of the Jedi last night. It was adorable. Return of the Jedi. You're, are you fucking with me? I'm, I know it's Star Wars. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's fine. The writing is so bad in those movies. Come at me again, guys. <laughs> so bad. Um, sorry, did I sidebar us real hard? No, it's all good. Trump actually screwed up another way while signing the executive order, too. Did he spell his name wrong? (laughs) I would not be surprised. While he was giving his speech before signing the executive order, Uh I'm going to quote him on this because this was written out for him, so it actually is coherent. Here's what he says. He's talking about the ways Christians are being persecuted and Uh how this executive order is going to unshackle them from being persecuted, right? As just one example of Christians being persecuted, people were forbidden from giving or receiving religious items at a military hospital where our brave service members were being treated and when they wanted these religious items. These were great, great people. They are great soldiers. They wanted those items. They were precluded from getting them. First of all, he said the word precluded. I was impressed. Did he say it correctly? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What actually happened? (laughs) (laughs) I like how you know where these stories are going. Listen, this is not my first video. These these soldiers in the VA, they want Bibles. They couldn't get, they can't get them. You know which I'm mad on their behalf. Donald Trump is right. We're not respecting our <laughs> soldiers enough. Give them all Bibles. To which the Pentagon says, there's no policy like that. 
The Pentagon? <laughs> the Pentagon officials, yeah, that kind of oversaw this or whatever, I guess. But yeah, the Pentagon said we have no policy that prohibits members of the military from getting religious items. Here's what basically happened years ago. There was a rule. There were, like, there were Muslim soldiers. There mm-hmm. were atheist soldiers in the VA hospitals. No, no, no that's not true because there's no oh, atheists. No, no atheists. Sorry, sorry. But <laughs> the religious soldiers who are not Christian, clearly, chaplains were walking into their rooms giving them Bibles. And they're like, I don't want this. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Yeah, just, just leave Maybe my room. Maybe this isn't the appropriate place don't. for this. Yeah. So the VA basically, the military instituted a rule that said, look, you can't go in if they don't want you there. They don't proselytize in a hospital. Yeah. They're like, look, if you're a Christian soldier and you want the chaplain to come in, mm-hmm. cool. If you want to get a Bible from them, fine. Uh-huh. No problem with it. If your family or strangers want to send you that stuff, also totally fine. Um, but the way they worded stranger, I mean, if you want to send it, Sounds all right. Inviting trouble. <laughs> but basically, don't proselytize if no one asked for it. Yeah. That's what they're Isn't rule the point of proselyti- proselytization is nobody ever asks for it? Yeah, that's fair <laughs> it's point. like the definition of it. <laughs> but like at the VA where we have some control, don't do sure. that. Sure. So that's what they the rule said. Uh-huh. But the way it was worded, it made it sound like, oh, you just banned all Bibles. That's not true. And the military said, all right, we'll change the wording of this so it's less ambiguous. But that's it. They changed the wording, and then it was clear. This is only about if you don't want it, please mm-hmm. don't go into their room and give it to them. Yeah. So Trump takes that story and says the Bibles no, are banned he, in the military. I think military. he got to the heart of it. I think he really <laughs> got into that one. It's just, he screws up all this stuff, claiming that just religions are being persecuted. All, all he does is screw things up. This, to me, is the biggest story of the week. Okay. Because it's just the executive order. It's... Uh, this thing that he said was going to be this gift to the religious right, he's been saying it for oh, years. Uh-huh. It's not. And even in the process of doing that, he managed to piss off the Pentagon, lied about them, I mean, got a lawsuit from the, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, pissed off the ACLU to the point where they're just like, you didn't do shit for the yeah. religious right. And pissed off the religious right, yeah. who's like, you didn't do anything for us. I mean, it, That's to me, impressive. I think the best summation of like a uh, uh, Donald Trump presidency is when he congratulated the guy for getting the Purple Heart. <laughs> like, to me, honestly, like, and it was tragic and comical, yeah. But, like, it just summed everything up because he, like, does the things that he thinks a president is supposed to do, but clearly does them on the most surface level possible. So he doesn't, like... So he sees a Purple Heart recipient, says, well, I gotta congratulate this guy. Well, he sees, I'm giving this person something shiny. Yeah. They did something good. Congratulations. Terrific. Which he weren't terrific. Like, that was a perfectly <laughs> nice attitude. Tremendous. Tremendous. All the superlatives. I feel like there's a lot of superlatives that I hear people say, and I'm like, I don't, it's ruined. It's done. <laughs> I can't anymore. Anyway, yeah. uh, I have a thing. Yes. Can I go? Or do you yeah, have more yeah, things? yeah. No. <laughs> oh, I have more things. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, an Alabama governor signed a bill into law. Have you heard of this story? Of course I've heard of this story. Okay, one of these days I'm going to bring something to you that you don't <laughs> know. Uh, so, send a, uh, brought, did you write it down? Were you going to uh, talk No, about it's it? not on my <laughs> list. <laughs> I'm contributing. Nice. Uh, signs a bill into law that would allow adoption agencies to, and this is the technical way, to adhere to faith-based policies... And those would generally disqualify gay couples from adopting because it's 2017. And the problem is 
There's not enough babies to be had. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, we've got all these. Like, there's. Yeah. Uh, it's the new governor, too. The last one was the religious right guy who had an affair, big scandal, stepped down from wait, office. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody who claims the moral high ground had mm-hmm. an affair? I, it I won't hear of it. It happens. Not in my house. She took over. One of the first bills she signed is like, fuck you, gay people. Uh, which is which makes no sense because it's like you're talking to the religious right these are people that are so anti-abortion here you have gay couples saying oh we'll we'll adopt kids we'll we'll adopt your leftovers yeah we'll take them we want them we love them we want to take my dog did you really yes you did you adopted adopted my dog i always wondered no i i don't know enough about pets to know like all the different ways of getting them because i know sometimes they're it involves like a million hours on Pet Finder. Did I really? didn't. I mean, only because I am a little obsessive, and yeah. that's what I do most of my day. But also, I have allergies to uh, to dog. Like, I have a mm. mild dog allergy, so I needed a dog that was kind of a wire haired situation, and so that took a lot more. So I couldn't just like go to the Naperville um, Humane Society and pick mm. up like a pit bull, which is probably what we would have done. Because you got to make sure it fits all of the criteria yeah. there. And she's so goddamn cute. <laughs> she is cute. I saw her. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you for verifying that. I, I'm happy to verify that one. <laughs> but it's, you have gay couples who want to adopt these kids and take them in and yep. love them. Why would you, as a religious right people, sin. say no to that? No, it's... And I think... I the, mean, I know why, but no, it no, makes no. no sense. No, and it's, it's stuff like this. And sometimes I feel like we sound like a broken record, but it's just like the... This sort of... They want this moral high ground. And but really just need to go through the gestures to do. My husband and I had a really, um, he came up with a really good metaphor of, oh, okay, so we were talking, so I was talking, there's a listener, and I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, but he has been tweeting at us because he listens with his family, and I was like, sir, please don't do that, I'm breaking your kids, (laughs) Um, because I swear a lot. Hey, new listeners, all I do is swear. Um, (laughs) But... I, so I was talking to my husband about, like, it gave me anxiety. Like, children shouldn't listen to my garbage. Um, <laughs> and he made an interesting point about, like, well, isn't it better that they hear swearing, but, like, genuine things and things that are, I mean, that should be good. Are worthy of As it. opposed to that sort of, that sort of uh, very stereotypical, like, Christian suburban white people front of, like, I say words that sound nice, but my actions are shitty. And what I actually mean is shitty, but I don't say the word shitty. So, like, I have the moral high ground on it. It's this very, like... gay people don't deserve to have equal rights with a smile on my face versus fuck these anti-gay bigots. But they don't say say gay people don't deserve to have rights. It's, well, we deserve... We think children deserve to have a mom and a dad. Right, right. They, they like, kind of sugarcoat it in this way of they make it sound good, but it's it's vitriol. It's it's poison that they're saying, but they say it with a smile, and it's, like, a pretty blonde lady, and she seems... There is a wonderful Patton Oswalt bit (sighs) that is exactly about that. I can't remember the title, but it was in his recent special. It was really funny. I haven't seen his recent special. Saying something... Pleasant mm-hmm. in a nice way, but when you're speaking poison, yeah, don't fall for that. Right. Versus the one who doesn't talk well or uses swears or whatever, but says something sensible. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say that I am the sensible person in this particular <laughs> table, but but yeah, like I I just I do swear a lot, and I'm not going to apologize for it. But like I'm not disparaging entire groups of people. Yeah. So the um. The quote from this governor, uh, Governor Ivy. I don't have yeah. his or her first name. K, I think. K Ivy. Yeah. Got um. It. So he, she. 
Yeah, she. Uh, what she said was, I ultimately signed House Bill 24 because it ensures hundreds of children can continue to find, quote, forever homes, just thing they say about puppies, <laughs> forever homes uh, through religiously affiliated adoption agencies. This bill is not about discrimination, but instead protects the ability of religious agencies to place vulnerable children in a permanent home. So it's, she's doing exactly that, right? She's framing it in a way of, no, well, if we let gay people adopt, then children will die. I guess it's kind of her thing. <laughs> well, and she's right to say that most adoption agencies are religiously affiliated mm-hmm. and they do get federal money to, in some cases, and state money to mm-hmm. do the work they're doing, which is important. Mm-hmm. But when you're giving them that money and you're saying, yeah, let them pick and choose what the qualifications are and they can discriminate. Yeah. But I also wonder like, okay, they're allowed to say no to gay couples, where do you draw the line? What about divorced couples? What about single parents? About like, do, they don't say no to them. Interracial couples. Yeah. They don't say no to those other groups, even though there could be a biblical justification was, for that stuff. Yeah, it's... So they're hypocrites on that front. And by the way, when Obama said, you can't do that or something, I think some Catholic charities uh, basically... Yeah, they shuttered, right? They shuttered. Yeah. They went out of business. Which... I, uh, I have, Which all I they have, have a lot d- of emotions about know. my the company I work for right now is sponsoring um, a uh, a breast cancer walk in Chicago on Mother's Day um, that they support a hospital in South Side of Chicago called Little Company of Mary, um, and they have a really excellent program for women's health uh, and breast health and all that. And I went there to meet with them because I'm in the marketing department. And I didn't realize until I walked in, which I should have known because it's called Little Company of Mary, that it's a Catholic hospital. And it's just this, like, interesting thing of they're doing all this good work. So I I can't fault them for that. And I never would. Like, this is a good company and clearly good people are running it. But at what point, like, are there caveats? Are there asterisks next to these are the people we help and these are the people we don't? And... And I don't know. And any, everything I saw from this particular company was, or this particular hospital was excellent. And but but it's weird. It's weird to have that sort of cross hanging up everywhere <laughs> when you're in a hospital. It's just strange. Uh, I I need to correct something I just said. Oh, just looking this up, which is a couple things. Corner. Uh, most adoptions in the state of Alabama are handled by secular agencies. No That's shit, one thing. really. And this is more important. Uh, the adoption agencies that get state or federal funds uh-huh. are not protected by the new law. So this is specifically for uh, the religious uh, adoption agencies that don't get federal or state money. Oh. They're, they're allowed to discriminate. So uh, that, uh, I have a hard time being mad at that. Mm, uh, I hope I'm not missing something else important here. Oh, they'll let us but, know. They'll let us know. Uh, Should we start like a Friendly Atheist post- um, podcast like Twitter handle? Is that a thing we need to do? Uh, no, nah, that sounds like a lot of work. You can email us. <laughs> <laughs> Friendly Atheist podcast at it's gmail.com. still principally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's whatever. They're helping. I'm not going to dog on anyone who's helping. I think it's garbage that they discriminate against gay people. But if they're not getting federal funds, who am I to say that? Right? Or am I getting that wrong? I, I feel like I'm missing some important aspect. I'll, I'll see if I can. You remember. should definitely read more while we're recording this podcast. Had I known we it, were talking about this issue. It's really, <laughs> it's really compelling radio. Can I talk to you an- yes. talk about another thing? Yes. So um, I looked up this story, and I almost went down a really deep rabbit hole and did an essay for this podcast. I didn't, but I was close. Uh, so um, Texas Representative Sheila Jackson 
made a one-minute uh, impassioned plea to the GOP to appeal to their, human- to their humanity vis-a-vis this garbage healthcare thing that went through, which I honestly, I don't have enough intelligent shit to say about this healthcare that hasn't been said better by a million other people. So I personally don't think I have a lot to contribute, but this woman, um, she, and I listened to the video or the, I saw the video and it was a really beautifully impassioned, this woman cares. She's so she cites that she, she herself has pre-existing conditions. She's a breast cancer survivor. So it was just her very much appealing to the basic, like I like, look at me. I would be excluded, like, think of the people. She's appealing to their humanity. Like, mm-hmm. hey, people are going to fucking die, like, uh, perk up. And um, Georgia, rep- he's a Republican. Do no. I need to? What did he say? Uh, his name's Doug Collins. Hashtag white guy name. Yeah. His response, and, and she was, like, clearly very emotional. She, like, on the house floor doing this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She had a, a picture of, like, a cancer patient next to her, and it was very, she kept saying, um, Something about like pray for us or like got like was an inciting religion and it was a very it felt very um, pastoral I would say. Um, and the guys when she ran out of time you know they're banging the gavel and like time's up. That's my white guy imitation. Yes. <laughs> uh, he said, Georgia Republican Doug Collins quote, "If I had defend had to defend Obamacare, I'd go hint- into hysterics too." <laughs> oh man. So, cancer. What are you whining about? So, yes, that is a everything he did undercut her appealing to people's humanity is one thing, and I find upsetting. But guess what? I was mostly mad about the feminist angle of it because that's sort of my whole jam. Yeah. So, so that was what I went down a really deep rabbit hole is research, researching the history of hysteria. I only came up with like <laughs> six bullet points, oh so God. I'm not going to do a speech about it. <laughs> But things like this really get under my skin because we're not that far removed as a society. And getting on my soapbox, uh, we're not that far removed as a society of basically. I would argue that in a lot of ways we're not even moving away from it. Of any time a woman has an emotion or experiences something, we have to shut that shit down. Are you crying? Stop it. Are you in a bad mood? You're PMSing. Are you tired? Well, you can't run the free world. Like it's uh, Mitch McConnell cries on the Senate floor at time, or John Boehner certainly John cried, Boehner. famous for doing it in the house. Yeah, no one ever said he's in hysterics. Yeah, it's not a word you use to describe men. Yeah, usually. I cry all of the fucking time. It's my favorite thing to do. I haven't cried at work yet though, so hey. I'm coming up on two months. Don't <laughs> the men brag. who have emotions, they're courageous, right? And emotional. Oh my god, they're she's so just in hysterics brave. with her cancer. Um. So hysteria is a thing that I, uh, when I was in college, I uh, read a lot of, uh, I took a few Victorian literature classes because I was really cool and wanted a great (laughs) job. Shut up. Um, And actually today it it led me to reread a short story called The Yellow Wallpaper. Have you ever read it? No. Um, I can't think of the author off the top of my head. I will look, can you look it up while I'm talking? Um, It's basically, so um, diagnoses of hysteria have gone back. Charlotte Perkins Gilman. It is, I've probably read it 10 times. It's one of my favorite short stories. Um, so the idea is anytime, especially in the Victorian era, and this went back centuries, uh, one study I read said the first reference of something akin to hysteria, which is just like a woman felt a thing, um, dates back as far as uh, 1900 BCE. Um, 
And ancient Egyptians described it as a spontaneous movement of the uterus. So we've seen a lot of this in our history. And up until now, there's still no uh, women's distance, long jump ski something because they didn't do it because they're afraid women were going to get delicate. They're too delicate and they're going to like break their uterus. Um, uh, As recently as 1960s, women weren't allowed to run the marathon because they didn't think the... I um, there's an episode of the Dollop, um, which is a podcast I really like, and it's called Jock Something and um, the Marathon. Are you looking it up for me? Yep. Um, and I couldn't recommend it enough because it's so alarmingly recent that it wasn't just like they didn't think women could do it; they were physically restraining women from being able to do these things because reasons. Jock and the Boston Marathon women. Yes, um, it's. One of my favorite, and that's one of my favorite podcasts. It's one of my favorite episodes of that. And it's just about this man, Jock, who was part of the Boston Marathon, who was fucking obsessed with keeping women out of it. Like, that was his life goal. Was to, he was the one, if you've seen the picture of the woman who ran the first Boston Marathon, whose name is, I don't know, you have a fucking computer All in right, front I'm of you. She it. just reran it this year. Oh, like 50, 50 years later. The 50th or anniversary, yeah. she ran the same number. She's a bad ass bitch in charge. She's awesome. She ran it 50 years later. I ran a 10K four years ago and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> um, but if you see the pictures of the first Boston Marathon and it's this woman being physically like attacked by a man, yes. that's Jock. He's bonkers. <laughs> Catherine um, Switzer. Catherine Switzer. Um, an incredible Kudos person. Kudos to her. Ran it at 70 this <sighs> past year. My God. I can barely make it down my stairs in the morning. You did a 10K. I did a 5K. Couldn't get over that. <laughs> when did you do 5K? Do you own ago. athletic wear? No. Saddest <laughs> did part. Did you do jeans? <laughs> Once. <laughs> I believe uh, there was a lady in a stroller who was going faster <laughs> than I was, or carrying her stroller faster. Than me. Okay. To be fair, when I ran my 10K, I ran it in. Don't look up my times. No, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, I ran it three or four years ago um, in Uptown Chicago. There was like a. It was yeah. on Pride Weekend. And so yeah. my girlfriend and I ran it together. My dad ran it too. And he was disappointed that the shirts weren't gay enough. It was my <laughs> the weirdest thing because they were just like lime green with a tiny rainbow. And he's like, I thought the. Doesn't matter. Um, I almost got lost at the end because it was a very small race, and I was so far behind. <laughs> that I, I think they started taking down the mark. Sounds like something I would do. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, and I bring all of that up to say that women have been big air quotes protected by men because we're very delicate. Which I think would you say is a word you'd use to describe me? Delicate? Uh-huh. Never. What do you mean? I don't know. Look at this pose I'm doing. No, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and so hysteria became, especially in the uh, 19th century, sort of became a catch-all term for anything that happened to a woman that men found inconvenient. And the uh, George Beard cataloged 75, 75 pages of symptoms or 75 symptoms? Might have made a of typo. Being hysteric. Uh, of of something that could be diagnosed as, as hysterics. Oh uh, I have a few of the highlights if you would like to hear them. Go for it. Faintness, nervousness, sexual desire, insomnia. <laughs> fl- what? So everyone's hysteric. <laughs> uh, no, women. Uh-huh. Fluid retention, heaviness in the abdomen, cramps, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, shortness of breath, irritability, PMS, 
uh, lots of appetite for food or sex, and and this is my favorite quote: a tendency to cause trouble. Ha! I knew nice. you were in trouble. So, um, and he believed that this list was definitely incomplete. Oh yeah. Um, I will say the only so, good thing that came about it is likely this is why they invented the vibrator. So, like, big ups <laughs> to. Weird Victorian. Why? What does that have to do with this? Oh, um, one of the cures for um, for hysteria was masturbating women oh. to orgasm, there you and go. the doctor's hands got tired. Oh <laughs> so my god! I them. Now I I know too much now. No, the more you know, Hammett. Yes. Shooting star. Um, Hello, children listening to the show. Oh no! Why would nice you job. Me? You've corrupted their minds. Kids, hey kids, it's me, Jessica. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give yourself a lobotomy. You don't need to hear that. Um, and, and all that. So, like, history. <laughs> Rewind this episode <laughs> about two minutes and then earmuffs. <laughs> um, so, I guess my point is hysteria has always been a, a thing that's sort of like a barb to be thrown at women. That anytime you have an emotion, if you're angry or if you're sad or if anything, it's this sort of, oh, you're being hysterical. And that is a. It's a put down on women. It's a put. It's, it's anytime dismissive. you have a str- listen. I am in therapy right now, and ninety percent of my therapy, like my therapy sessions, are my therapist me saying I did this and I overreact, and she's like, it, "You can have emotions. It's okay." <laughs> like that's really a thing that I've dealt with my whole life because I am a. I don't want to surprise you. I'm kind of an <laughs> extrovert, <laughs> um, and I've been told my whole life like you're being too dramatic and like your emotions are too much. And women, if they are too loud or too emotional or whatever are told that like you're being too much. You need to be quieter, which is shockingly a thing I've heard a lot (laughs) in my life. Um, so to, to fling this particular insult and whether it's intentional or not, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure his vocabulary is limited enough that he doesn't necessarily understand the history behind calling somebody hysterical. I'm out of breath. But I'm it's just, not something he would ever say to a male colleague oh, who got fuck emotional. no. Like, and she wasn't even getting... I mean, I wouldn't describe her as emotional. I would describe her as impassioned. Yeah. Um, Talking about a subject that's worthy of it. Yeah. She had fucking cancer. Like, yeah. I think she has the right to be like, guys, maybe we should protect... It's just... This whole week, I have lost so much faith in humanity this week. Did you see that the Senate... That group that is now working on the health care bill. Oh, didn't they just go? All men, 13. They didn't even bother to get one of the. There are Republican women in the Senate. Didn't ask any of them to, oh, to no. help them with this one. I thought they, I thought they were like just going to scrap the House bill and start one from scratch. Is what no, I, it was they'll, what they'll I modify. They'll see what they can do. I don't know. It's the lack of... I, so, that fucking photo op in the... <laughs> Here's my favorite thing. So I was on Facebook... Looking at like people criticizing, rightly so, the picture in the room. So after they passed the the bill through the house, all the Congress members, and like to be clear, passing it through the house does not make it anything. Like it's they're celebrating early, really spiking the football on like the twenty yard line. Do you get that sports reference? I do. I do the sport. (laughs) Um, So a it was an inappropriate use of a photo op. Be these photo this photo they took and it was reasonably wide. It was maybe fifteen people wide, just white dudes as far as the <laughs> eye could see. And I was on CNN and I have this thing that I always read the comments. So anybody who's ever said anything like mean about me, I've read it and I probably <laughs> cried about it. Uh, I'm not hysterical. Um, 
So I was just reading through and people were right, rightfully saying like, what the fuck is going on? Where are the women? Where are the non-white people? And there were an alarming number of people who were like, um, this photo is cropped. If you pan out, there's two women in this crowd. And it's like, oh, sweetie, is the bar that low? Like, <laughs> They're what? literally relegated to the sidelines. It's, it's <laughs> just the most, it's just, I can't, I can't. My favorite thing about that photo op, when Obama signed Obamacare, he was surrounded by some Congress members like Pelosi and the other Democrats, but he was also, they included some people who were going to benefit from the health care bill. Do you know why nobody was around who, could, who was going to benefit from the health care bill? <laughs> why is that? Because they don't exist. Well, I was going to say the people who benefit from the health care bill already in the were photo already in the photo op. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the rich people. Um, I got a story for you that I okay. catalog in my head as Jessica Bates. Oh, no. Um, because I know what your reaction is going to be, but it's a good story. Here's the background you need to know. Do I need to refill my wine glass before this? Uh, I wouldn't sip it while I'm telling you this story. Oh, God. Um, a few years ago, Prince uh-huh. William, Kate Middleton, they went on vacation in France. They have a place. They can do that. They're rich. They seem nice. It's a private home. Uh-huh. Um, you would think in a private home, even though it's them and they're globally famous. Describe my face right now. They, it's not good. <laughs> they, they would have some measure of privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Middleton, I guess, uh, went sunbathing, topless, oh, and yeah, paparazzi yeah. took pictures I've of heard her. About that. Um, they were they published these photos in some French magazine, and the couple, the royal couple, is suing them, saying mm-hmm. you had no right to take those pictures. It was a breach of our privacy. They're suing them for like one point six million dollars, whatever. Here is the reaction from mm. evangelist Franklin oh. Graham. Oh no. Oh, Wait, oh there's he another had, evangelist he, named Graham. Is he related to uh, Lindsay? Billy Graham's son? Are they related to Lindsay? Uh, no relation to the senator Lindsay. Uh, but here's what Franklin Graham, the evangelist, said. I'm skipping most of what he wrote here because it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, you know, we all appreciate our privacy, but we live in a high-tech digital age where it seems there's no privacy. Cameras are everywhere. Kate Middleton, of all people, should know this. She is followed by pap- paparazzi all around the world. If you don't want to, if you don't want topless pictures of yourself taken, it might be a good idea to keep your top on at the beach. Oh, you don't look happy right now. Oh, by the way, he added, God is always watching. Oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> God is always watching. I don't know why, but that's the shit that pisses me off. God is always watching. I shit earlier today. It's like, is, is, that, is that the level that we're raising? I'm what so sorry. What do you think sorry. he's going to do? I'm Watch so the starving I kids just in now. I regret country? that. Mom and dad, if you're listening, I don't. don't. He has nothing else to do. Um, but I just... I just <clears throat> this idea that she's to blame. So it's not even don't don't do lewd acts in public or don't do like don't go Anything streaking. Even in- it's every, every moment of your life you need to be obsessed with your body and who might see it and purity even and when purity, you're married you're and f- like you're an adult. And and like let's not even get on to the whole like the free the nipple thing that's kind of <laughs> getting because I'm super into that. Um, but just what fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's the sort of slut shaming only Christian like, leaders it's tend such to do. Specific slut sa- <clears throat> shaming because, like, she's be- it's like saying, like, oh, you got out of the shower and you didn't like dive into like a head to toe <laughs> towel. How fucking dare you, you slut? It's just garbage. Yeah, it's such it was fuck. This You're ends right. the You're just right. bait portion. Uh, 
And one more. Uh, this isn't so much just bait, but here, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is a different story. What was Donald Trump's reaction after the Access Hollywood tape came out? What do you think his reaction was? Privately, because um, we didn't see it publicly. He released a statement that night, but immediately after it was released and he realized, oh, shit, I said this. What do you think his reaction was? Here's the thing. The thing that is in my head is not appropriate for those children yeah, listening. think of the children. But I'm going to say it anyway. My reaction is that he probably masturbated to his own <laughs> tape. That is not what any report has said. However... Kids, here is what... Uh, oh, my God. I need uh, to I tweet two. that guy and tell him not to let his kids listen to this episode. <laughs> there are two reactions I want to share with you. One is from a Christian evangelist and a Christian talk show host, James Robeson. He is someone who said, I have talked to Donald Trump frequently during the campaign. And in fact, Robeson said, I talked to him right after that tape came out. Oh, God. And here's say? what his reaction was. Tell me. Uh, Robeson said Trump was so embarrassed, so broken, so contrite, we could hardly talk. But he couldn't, James Robeson says this, he couldn't be publicly contrite because his advisors told him not to. They said it would make him look like a, quote, weepy Christian. So this is James Robeson's version of the story. Trump was so sad about this. There's a lot to unpack there. Let's start at the end and work our way to the yeah. beginning. A weepy Christian? Yes. Nobody's ever accused Donald Trump of being a Christian of any stripe. <laughs> yep, but he would have been a weepy Christian had he gone on, like, said, I'm so what sorry for what I did. What the fuck does that even mean, Hemant? A weepy Christian? He's a pansy, that sort of thing. He's weak, and Christians Wait, wouldn't want to vote for him. Wait, I'm sorry, you can't him. be a guy who says, I'm going to grab her by the pussy and then also be, like, modest. <laughs> fuck that noise. Fuck this whole administration. Yes. I'm so that sorry. was Trump. That was Robeson's reaction. Trump was so sad and so sorry, but he wasn't allowed to and show it. we all it. know it's garbage. Because, and none of us saw this reaction. This is all going off of this guy's word, James Robeson's word, that this is the reaction. Okay. Why wouldn't I trust so James Robeson? This is what Robeson said back in, like, right after it happened, like a week or so after it happened. Yeah. But then, this past weekend, the New York Times ran a kind of a puff piece on Ivanka Trump, which was basically about her role in the administration. That's whatever. You Uh can have your thoughts on that all you want. But they also offered a different version of what happened immediately after the Access Hollywood tape because you kind of want to know, like, what did Ivanka have to say about this if she's so, quote-unquote, pro-feminist or whatever? No, I'm sorry. I know she's... Who said uh, she was pro-feminist? No no one really said that. But here's what the reaction was on her end. Like, uh, I'm going to find this... I'm sorry, just really quick. If the words locker room talk are in this, we're just going to, I'm just going to flip this table and all your recording equipment. They are not. Okay. Uh, when the recording, fucking lucky, Hammond. This is the New York Times. When the recording finally showed he was wrong and Trump actually said the thing he said, I never said that. No, it, he said it. Mr. Trump's reaction. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Was yeah. that the order that somebody accused him and he said no? And he then said, they, I never said that. Then they're like, no, the videotape's out now. He's like, oh, oh shit, I said that. Okay. I was on vacation yeah. when that whole thing went down. So I sort of <laughs> you missed, saw you missed the some aftermath. Stuff. Uh, Mr. Trump's reaction was grudging. He agreed to say he was sorry if anyone was offended. His daughter said that? No, no, no. Trump said this. Like, all right, I'll say sorry if I get if if you're offended by this. And his advisor said, dude, that's not gonna be enough. You gotta do more than that. And then as it's just work. <laughs> I need to work on a Trump impression. More I feel important. like that would bring a lot to this podcast. Supposedly Ivanka said worse. No, you have to give a full apology. What you did is going to upset a lot of women. She knows that. Hold on. She's going (laughs) to, she said, you're going to upset a lot of women. It's going to make me look bad, I'm sure. But like, 
She's got shoes to She fill. said, you got to apologize. As she spoke, quote the New York Times, Mr. Trump remained unyielding. His daughter's eyes welled with tears, her face reddened, and she hurried out in frustration. So the New York Times account of this, which I got to say, I kind of trust because <laughs> they have good sources, is to say Trump did not apologize. I heard he from a reliance source of their feelings. I know. Ooh. He didn't want to apologize. Even when Ivanka said, you have to apologize, he's th- like, eh, I don't really want to. I think beyond whether or not he needed to apologize, I <clears throat> don't think he understood what he said that was wrong. No, I don't, and I don't, I don't think, think he, he I don't think he did which just to fe- this minute, which feeds into the New York Times version of the story, which yeah. said he didn't think there was anything to apologize for. It's only when people pressured him to do it. And even then he was reluctant. But the amazing thing to me is, meanwhile, for months now, this Christian right guy, James Robeson, has been saying the opposite. That wait, Robeson said, wait. no, Trump felt horrible. Hammond, are you trying to yes. imply? Yes, I am. That a Christian person is not as morally sound as he would have us think. Is that what you're saying uh, to me? I've actually been on James Robeson's show when the eBay book came out. <laughs> oh, really? And the funniest thing about it, he was fine. He was nice to me and everything. We had dinner with his staff before the Get show. The fuck as out of every town. as everyone does. We sat in a big room. Uh-huh. Uh they all prayed beforehand and we all sure. ate together. Um and this is what, like 2004-ish. Uh-huh. There were the posters of George W. Bush on the wall cuz Robeson also talked to George W. Bush all the time. Just like, I am so out of place here. The cool part about it is I knew we were doing the taping and they were like, you can invite people to the taping. So I put out a call and there were a bunch of atheists in the audience who are totally respectful and fine. But it was just at the end of the show, after taping was done, Robeson's like, it's a small TV audience, like very small sure. audience. But he's like, how many of you here are atheists? And like most of the room hands shoot nice. up. So funny. Um, anyway, uh, I do have a totally different story for you. Okay. I have one more on my list. How all many right. do you have left? Uh, I got a bunch. We don't have to do all of them. <laughs> no, listen, I have nothing to do. It's Friday night. <laughs> this is my night. It's all good. Let's, let's do this one because it's just funny. Uh, Christian apologist, uh, uh, Alex McFarland. You don't know the guy, but he's a Christian apologist. He wrote a list of 10 reasons that he thinks millennials, which let's say just people under 30, are no longer as religious as they used to be. Oh, okay. So I thought like, he was going to blame them for something because no. millennials have really caught a lot of slack yeah. about being blamed. Okay, yes. uh, why, so people under 30 why, aren't religious. Yeah, why aren't millennials religious? He's trying to answer that question. Hemet calling me. No. Everyone. Hemet, Hemet, yes. is it because God doesn't exist? That's He didn't mention that reason. It would. Okay. That's a good answer. You reread the list. Make sure it wasn't yeah. there. It's not in there. Okay. Trust me on this one. <laughs> so he offered his 10 reasons. Oh, Christ. Let's, let's go through some of these reasons. Can't wait. Just, we don't have to spend time on this, but I just <laughs> want to read through his small list here. Sure. Uh, one, the mindset of digital natives is very much separate from other generations. Doesn't and mean anything. Continue. What he means by that is that young people have no brand loyalty. Like we find one thing that we like and then we move on to the next. Which, I don't know. To me, that doesn't make sense. Because if the brand... It makes sense, but it doesn't also... Like, he... In, he I don't have to be committed to a brand. That's exactly right. Sucks, he I'll move on to well, another Well, he doesn't... One. He obviously is phrasing that as, like, a bad thing that people have no loyalty. But it's the same thing was when you talk about, like, oh, yeah, millennials jump from job to job because they have no loyalty to their employer. Like, loyalty <laughs> works both ways, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, pensions aren't a thing anymore. And if I can go somewhere else and make $10,000 more, then, like... Later days. If these churches aren't doing it for you, leave. Um, Number two, breakdown of the family. 
Of course. Because Continue. Atheists we don't need to don't get have that. families. Number three, militant secularism. Militant. Militant. I mean, that's fair. I am militant and I am secularist. <laughs> Which really militant's the word they use to describe anyone who's just passionate about things they don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a respectable platform. <laughs> like if we're militant, our army is our army sucks. Yeah, it's we really small. need to get that together. Yes, it's vocal. Yeah. But like they get churches on every block and Congress it's small is full of Christians. And we're all kind of nerdy <laughs> and like weak, we're definitely. Not, we're yeah. basement dwellers for this is sure. Like the comics online, it's like, what does a militant, like a radical Islam yeah. look like? They're flying a plane into a building. Radical Christians shooting an abortion doctor. Radical atheists like coffee. Here's a book in my hand. <laughs> saying <laughs> vaguely passive aggressive things right. on the internet. You have to talk we with hear a you guys accent. with your <laughs> Talk with a British accent like Dawkins, then you're a militant atheist. Um, Number four, lack of spiritual authenticity among adults because we have no religious role models who live out their faith. Hot take. Mm -hmm. That sentence didn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) See, my problem is it's not the lack of religious role models. It's that I see people who claim to be Christian. No, you're right. And when they act like the Christians that they claim to be, we're not taking them out of context or anything, Mm -mm. a lot of them are jerks. Look at what they're doing with their commitment to their faith. Well, and I feel like it tends to go one of... Of course, there are very religious people who are also very moral, but things that make headlines tend to go one of two ways. Either what's happening right now with the healthcare and like fuck poor people. And mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, Jesus is super into poor people. Maybe let's, maybe let's, let's not revisit do that. that. If we're Christian. Um, and the other thing is like, they're fucking their pool keeper or whatever. Like they're, yeah. they're the scandals. They're very much like com- aggressively committing sins, not yeah. just like, while papering their morals, they're just like, hey, so even people they shouldn't don't be care gay. About, they and don't care like, about their morals. No. Uh, number five, the church's cultural influence has diminished. Yes. I, I said it. the same thing. I think he has that right. But God I don't think one. it's our fault it's diminished. It's their fault it's diminished. I mean, I don't think he's blaming us for that. Yeah, Th- this feels a little intro- introspective. All right. I mean, I think some of them are interesting. Like, yeah, I there's think that's a lack a of one. religious role models. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, number six, pervasive cultural abandonment of morality. Hey, guess what? Every generation ever has said that about the generation <laughs> that's younger than them. Yeah. If you want to talk about <clears throat> what we said about Gen Xers and what they said about baby boomers, everybody hates kids. That's just what's happening, guys. Everybody hates kids. Sorry, they're younger than you. Fucking deal with it. (laughs) And also what I don't get is the abandonment of morality. What is Christian morality? Because if you ask like the hardcore evangelical types that make these silly arguments, Mm -hmm. like what? They're they're pro-life. They're for the death penalty. They're against gay marriage. They want their guns to shoot everything. They... Mm -hmm. Like block science. I mean, that's no. It really. What sort of morality are we abandoning? Right. And like, I, who's the moral side I think here? that the pro-life uh, um, movement, I guess I would say, or the pro-life opinion, is becoming really untenable because the the only people who are rapidly anti-abortion who claim to be pro-life are the same people who are willing to take away welfare and and healthcare. From people who really need it. Right. You can't um, be against abortion and then say, we're not going to help you once it's born. Right. Because, because what that traces back to, and I've, trust me, I sometimes argue with people on the internet, it always comes back to, well, you shouldn't have had sex. So that's yeah. what it comes back to. And so it's not about whether you had premarital sex or, or whatever. It's if you don't actively want to have a kiddo right now, 
you shouldn't ever have sex. Yep. And Procreation it's, and, only. And it's like a, it's a garbage way to view the world. It doesn't make any sense. And it's not relate. And it, nobody's doing it. <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody. That's not a fair thing to say. There are Even people. Not. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Yeah. Intellectual skepticism. Yes. Correct. Which... Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Is he saying critical thinking is a problem? Yeah. I mean, all yeah, right. I mean, it is. <laughs> if you want people to be Christians, you can't have them like read the Bible and think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the rise of a fad called atheism. <laughs> Basically, the new atheism. We're like, we're, we're like, like the fab four of yeah, the we're 21st like, century. We're Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> But that's the thing, like the new atheism, if you want to call it that. Like, I get that there was a rise in popularity for a little while, but like atheism isn't new. It's been around for a couple millennia. The internet is new. The internet is new. Yeah. Uh, Number nine, our new God, tolerance be thy name. He's upset at tolerance. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up (laughs) because the thing that really, really, okay. So I'm obviously a liberal person. I'm obviously a Democrat. I, with absolute sincerity, and I know the way I yell doesn't make it sound like, I really want to see other points of view. I sincerely do, because I think that the world is better off when we, it's okay if we disagree, but like, let's kind of figure out what we disagree upon. So, which is why I think like the current GOP is garbage, because like, I don't want to fight about whether or not I should get birth control anymore. I'm done with that fight. If you want to fight about what's the best way to address homelessness and you think small government and I think government subsidy, that's a conversation with happening. They don't exist. Um, But are gay people people? (sighs) That's what he's upset about. Liberals are too tolerant, these (sighs) radical atheist fad. And so when I hear phrases like social justice warrior or people are too tolerant or whatever, to me, what I hear is me having to change a term is such an inconvenience to me that it doesn't matter that it like affects the way your whole life lives. Whole life lives? Sure. But it, like that's honestly like that's you a want thing. me to call you by this pronoun? Right. How dare you? Right? Like, is this really inconveniencing like you it, that much? That, and it's a thing that really and I've gotten in debates with people because there's a whole thing. Um, I listen to uh, uh, my favorite murder, and they talk about uh, and a lot of murder victims are uh, sex workers, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they're referred to as prostitutes, and the preferred nomenclature is sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you hear the word prostitute and hear the word whore or hooker or whatever, there's a lot of connotation there. And there's a lot of, you hear a prostitute gets killed and you, you don't give a shit. Sex worker gives them a little more agency. Um, and people are like mad about that. And that's a, that's a point of view I will never understand of like, Hey, like trans people don't want you to call them like tranny or whatever. Like. That's not cool. And people are met like, why? What 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 are you well, and losing? They want to pee in the losing? right bathroom. Why is this a problem? Like for you? you've ever fucking or God, my this is a little tangential, or my favorite fucking thing is when women talk about like, hey, we're paid less, or hey, we're underrepresented, or hey, the pockets of my blazer are an inch thick, and that's not a pocket. That's what <laughs> I think. I smashed this phone, this very phone. Four times in the last two months because I wear blazers to work. They have two inch pockets. It's garbage. They <laughs> fall out. I'll take your word on this. It's patriarchy. <laughs> Keep me from having pockets. Anyway, that's a real Facebook argument I got into. I'm not proud of it. But <laughs> I was going. 
Number 10. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> you can tell me later if I have to edit this out. Number 10, the commonly defiant posture of young adulthood. The rebels. The kids are rebels is what he's upset Oh, yeah. Rebels are new to the 21st century. they never existed. They never existed before. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's why millennials are rebellious. What you got? I got another one. Uh, Yeah, I've got one more. I think I have another one, but um, my office has Microsoft Word. We don't have Google Docs, so it doesn't autosave, and I'm not used to that (laughs) yet. Um, So I tweeted about this the other day because it, enraged me. Uh, so there is a chess tournament happening. Mm. Do you know what this is? Of course I know what this God is. God damn it. One of these days... What do I do all day? That's true. I do have a job. I know. <laughs> that I have to go to and drive to. <laughs> uh, um, so there is uh, a chess tournament in Malaysia and a young woman and she's... Young woman. She's a yes. girl. She's a 12-year-old girl. Um, she's not been named um, for privacy reasons, but... Apparently, she's in this chess tournament, and she's, like, kicking ass and taking names because she's awesome. I love her. I don't know anything about her, but she's my hero. Um, Somebody, an official came up to her and said that her dress was too seductive. What was she wearing? Does it matter? Let's talk about that in a second. But because of this, she ultimately was forced to drop out of the competition. (laughs) So, and actually, this is a thing I um, I wrote down because part of me wants to be like, well, she's wearing X, Y, Z. What is that? You know, like, it, it's, a, it's a perfect... It's chess. It's a per- it, it's You're chess. not even but, staring like, at your Part of me wants to say, like, it, it was a very conservative dress. It was knee length. It had this. It had that. But part of me wants to say, like, it doesn't fucking matter if you're sexualizing a 12... If you're saying right. that a 12-year-old isn't... If she was wearing it, a bikini, just, it's messed up. Isn't just too revealing, isn't just um, inappropriate, but is seductive. That is projection. That is yeah. an adult man looking at a 12-year-old girl playing chess and assigning, like, You're sexuality. You're a sexual object. That, it's yeah. fucked. It's completely fucked. And for the record, and I really thought about, like, it doesn't matter what she was wearing, yeah. but for the record, she was wearing, like, a knee-length drop Drop waisted dress. It was not. She was showing off her ankles. That's what they're mad about. She like it was. It was very like an uh, like a twenties flapper style. So it was straight. Oh. It wasn't even like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was and she had like cat, she had sleeves and like cat she sleeves was wearing what twelve year olds wear. She was wearing a <laughs> like a dress that wouldn't have like I wouldn't bat. Where an was eye this at. taking place? Malaysia. Malaysia. Um, which I don't pretend to know anything about the culture yeah. there, so I don't want to uh, make assertions. Um, yeah, so the event's chief arbit- uh, arbiter told the the, com- the competitor and her mother that the girl's dress was too sedu- seductive for the event and claimed it was a temptation from a certain angle far, far away. <laughs> that's from Huffington Post, Yikes. that quote. The mom's made an apology. She's freaking the fuck out correctly. Um, and so I was doing a little bit of poking around on this in the comment section where I'm yeah. most at home and hate myself the most. Um, and there's a lot of people saying that, and I don't know if this is based on anything, but people are saying, oh, this is very um, typical of this particular circuit or the car. I don't know what they were implying, but that, oh, this girl was doing really well and beating the boys, and so they needed to knock her out. And, ah. and I honestly can't decide which is worse. Yeah. Like if, if I kind of like the idea that she was doing too good and we needed to find a way to get rid of her. Yeah. I mean, it's like, damn, she must be really kicking your ass. <laughs> that's a little more Ocean's Eleven of it, I guess. <laughs> but it's... Um, Devious. 
but this idea of of sexualizing young young women is is really messed up. And Christians it's, do it too with their purity balls oh and all my that stuff. God, God, the Christians love to sexualize yeah. people. Well, and it's uh, and it's things it's sexualizing people, and especially young girls. This shit starts so early. I've seen like how how many. Um, like onesies have you seen of like little boys that have like future heartbreak or like w- I've seen a onesie that says like watch out ladies or something like that. It's like <laughs> deeply inappropriate. Yeah. And or this weird thing about dads being obsessed with whether or not their kids date, their girl their daughters date, and like it's all just super sexualizing and inappropriate and like doesn't give I've seen when we go shopping like sometimes they have like the kids underwear or something with mm. weird messages it's like why why are you doing what? that what weird messages um, tell me right now I can't remember but they're the okay. type of sexually type of things so fucking gross like it would be weird to see on an older person, much less. Why is this like on a child's underwear? Yeah, it's I don't. Weird. Li- and and I don't want to go shopping in this section anymore. Yeah, and like obviously, like being gender normative has it's it's not great. But when you get to the point that you're like assigning, <clears throat> like you're saying, it just ugh, it's weird. I just hate everything. Um, here is one for you. Okay, totally changing the script here. Uh, there's a Christian college. You flip the script. You don't I change the script ever. Uh, if you get what, yeah, there's a college in North Carolina. It's a Christian college. It's called, I think, Montreal. Yeah. Uh, Montreal college. I hope I'm saying it right. You aren't, but it's a Christian school. This is the, one of those schools where the faculty, staff, and students have to sign like a faith statement saying, you know, they really are Christian in order to go there. And if you don't follow their beliefs, mm-hmm. they could kick you out. They're a private school. They have a right to do that. That's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, well, I would it's say not a big it's, deal not, in the, it's not. They have a right to do it. It's not germane to what we're talking yes. about. Um, well, here's what they changed. They used to say, uh, we oppose, uh, they used, sorry, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Um, they used to say they, uh, support Christian beliefs and that's not a big deal, but they had a rule change and now they have to sign a policy that says we explicitly oppose gay marriage. Oh no. This wasn't part of the deal before. It was kind of implied that when you're in this type of Christian environment, you would oppose it. But here's the thing. And some professors, some, sorry, some uh, faculty members. Spill my wine at a time like this. Nothing was spilled. (laughs) Uh, Some faculty members were like, maybe we agree with you and stuff already on the issue. Uh But why do we have to sign that as part of our statement? And here's their argument. And this makes sense to me. Oh. It makes sense to sign a document that says we are Christian, we believe Christ, you know, uh, died for our sins, uh-huh. all that stuff. It's pertinent to their salvation in their minds. But something like this, gay marriage, is currently being debated among Christians, even. Now, not in the rest of the world. Not among where Christians, even. Like, not e- just among, among e- Christians at this point. At this type of school. At this oh, type okay. of evangelical school. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This is a debate they are having. 
not all Christians believe that the Bible mandates, you know, gay marriage is bad. Do they not believe that because it literally doesn't say that? Or um, the interpret because no. their argument is the Bible doesn't have anything to say about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason people oppose it in the Christian world is a matter of interpretation. Mm-hmm. We don't have to buy into that interpretation to be a good Christian. So we Christian. don't get why you're making us sign a statement. Yeah, that's garbage-y. about something that is not like a mandatory part of the mandatory Christian checklist. Right. And the funny thing is like, if you ask someone like Ken Ham, the creationist, if I don't, if I accept evolution and I am a Christian, am I like a bad Christian? Am I not going to go to heaven Mm -hmm. because I don't buy into creationism? Ken Ham will be the first to tell you, no, that's fine. You can still get to heaven. Wait, really? Yeah. Because creationism and accepting the six day young earth creationism, Uh that is not a matter of salvation. Ken Ham's argument is, it's I think if you Christ. don't understand this, it it's, destroys your foundation for the rest of the Bible. Okay, that's his interpretation of it. But he'll say, like, I think you're wrong if you believe, accept sure. evolution. Yeah. But it's, we're all Christians. That's right. his perspective. And in fact, there was a Christian college uh, like a year ago, I believe. This is uh, Bryan College in Dayton, Tennessee, where the Scopes Monkey trial happened. Oh, sure. Where they actually changed their rules to say faculty members have to sign a statement saying not that God created the universe, which used to be part of the thing, but that God created the universe in a literal six days. And all humanity, I'm quoting here, all humanity is descended from Adam and Eve. Like they really existed. It's young earth creationism. And some of the faculty members there were like, why do we have to agree to that as a requirement to work here? I mean, wouldn't you say it's sort of a a, a signal that Christianity is not doing super great? Because? Um, I mean, because 20 years ago, they can be like, you work here and you believe that, you know, the earth is created by God. And that was enough. And now it's now like they're, they're, it's like they're closing ranks, I yeah, guess is I how think I would so. say it. Like, like they're galvanizing. Yeah. And they, they are uh, tightening their circle right. and making sure that only the true believers are among us. Which is interesting because one would think that if they're worried about their numbers, which they are, You'd they, would, open up they the would loosen more. it up and yeah. be like, hey, if you don't believe in a literal seven-day creation story, that's fine as long as... Because generally, it almost always comes back to like, if you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior yeah. or whatever. And that is these faculty members' arguments. Like, let us believe in the Jesus thing. That makes sense in a statement of faith. But when you're saying we have to believe in things that we don't have to believe in... Right. You're and going to what too end? Far. Like, uh, what they, are you gaining out of this? I, I don't know. And a lot of Unless them... Unless it's just control. It feels just like control. Yeah. Oh, it is. And several of them decided to resign or try to find a different Christian college to go Good to. And yeah, more power to them for doing that. Um, and what here's what this all says to me. There are certain topics that these administrators feel is so off limits, they do not want you to think critically about it, mm-hmm. even when you are in their Christian bubble. Yeah. Like, LGBT rights, homosexuality. They don't want you to think about it or even hold any idea that there may be some, like, uh, I don't know, reason behind gay rights. It's feeling more, and we can talk for years about like the difference between a a cult and a religion, but it's starting Mm -hmm. to feel more culty every day in terms of these are like these are the tenets you have to abide by, and you we have to be part of this little core. And you have to listen to this one thing yeah. as opposed to like, hey, live your life and and just keep this in your heart or whatever they're saying. Like that's how cults function is 
suck <laughs> like suck everybody in and you have to reject like outright eject, reject your family or anybody who disagrees with you or anybody who says anything, that's how cults work. Yeah. That's how they get don't you. Think, don't think at our school. Just let us do the thinking for you. Yeah, it's and a school, God. I know. what, And this is one of the questions What's I have. Like, it's, What is school? the point of a school? What's the point of a university if you're not allowed to have these conversations that, at least in the Christian world, <laughs> right. this is apparently controversial, <laughs> but like not in the real world, but in their bubble, this is controversial. And yet... The Christian administrators saying, "Don't, don't ask us about this. Don't question this. Don't think about it." I mean, and by the way, tell worked for a long time really <laughs> well in the military, so I respect that. And some of these students aren't. I mean, a lot of people might be like, "Well, if you're a student and you're going there, whatever, suck it up and do it." Mm-hmm. But a lot of these kids are going there because their parents are making them. Their parents are paying for the tuition. They That's don't get a point. choice in the matter. Yeah. And for them to basically be told, "Nope, don't question this." Like how far does that stretch? I mean, when does when well, does the administration say think, these are legit controversies? Right. Who are they to say? And don't you think it also like delegitimizes what it means to like commit to something? Uh, commit to. So they're committing to say like this is the thing I believe. Yeah. If you're forced, forced into to committing it. to a yeah. thing, then then your word means nothing. Right. You, you can't walk I mean? out of there saying I believe in young earth creationism or I oppose gay marriage. Uh, when the other options weren't even, you would have been kicked out of school if or, you even thought about the I mean, other option. Well, to me, it's like, okay, even if I don't believe this, I'm forced to sign something. So, like, I am being taught at the age of 18 that, like, my signature and my word are meaningless. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it's just a uh, not a, it's not good. It's not it's great, Hammond. It's not great. I got one last story for you. Okay. This is an update on, uh, we talked uh, last week or the week before about Athena Salmon. She was the Arizona yes. state uh, representative. I tried to find her tweets. I couldn't find them. Oh, we'll find her. Okay. Uh, but state rep Athena Salmon, she gave that secular invocation yes. in Arizona because she's an atheist. She's and then a hero. the next day, like a Christian colleague of hers gave an additional. I it was the same day. Uh, or maybe the same day. Uh, gave an additional Christian prayer <laughs> because he had to make up for the one she gave. Well, that, she done fucked up. I know. Well, here's the upside to it. Um, This past week, uh, I'm sorry, maybe the week before, uh, there was a state rep, Mark Cardenas, who invited a United Methodist minister, David Felton, to give the invocation. This is how it works. Methodists are the ones that are... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Unitarian that are just kind of... Unitarians are cool. Yeah. They believe whatever the hell you want. Methodists still? Methodists, they're big. They, I mean... Don't ask me to give you the specifics there, but dude, your entire job is I, writing about religion. How I is this forget. not a thing in your I write about house? it; it escapes my head, and I move on. But this guy's a United Methodist minister. He's a um, Methodist. He was invited to deliver the invocation, but in solidarity <gasps> with Athena Selman. Remember what they said to Athena Selman, which is that you are not acknowledging a higher power. Yeah. And that's why you're in trouble, young lady, is what they basically said to Uh her. So David Felton's like, well, I'm a minister, but you know what? In solidarity (gasps) with her, I'm not going to reference a higher power either. So he says, you know, good morning. I invite you to center yourselves in a manner that reflects your traditional worldview how good it is to be alive at the oh, very end of his uh, thing. David Felton, you're a hero. <laughs> at the very end of his uh, invocation, he said, you know, uh, blah, 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 do good. In so doing, may peace, salam, shalom be our <gasps> way in the world. May it be so. It sounds religious, but it's not religious. But it's not, well, and even if you argue it's religious, it's multi-religious. <laughs> it it's is, not, yeah. And he did not oh, say pray to a higher him. power. And, or, did, and were there, was there any blowback? Do you think anyone gave him blowback? Let me let me I, put the keyword in that sentence. At this point. Keyword in that sentence. Him. Him. <laughs> do you think they said anything to this guy? Oh, 
Well, he seems like a nice guy. They said nothing. And so he he emailed me and he said, uh, certain house members... (laughs) He did? He was very nice about it. Yeah, he said certain house members were happy to rebuke a person who is a young female humanist and a member of a racial minority. (gasps) But when a white male... He's referring to Athena. But no, but what... Ethnicity is Athena. I didn't know she was. Um, I think Greek. I don't know. Oh, okay. I know this. But a member of, uh, I don't know, racial minority. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, Hispanic, maybe. I don't know. Uh, just because. I guess uh, it's not Germanic. It's not Germanic. But when a white male clergy person from a mainline church breaks the rules, I get a pass. <laughs> he, he totally recognized it. Oh, my God. Does he want to come over to my house <laughs> right now and record with us? He seems like a treasure. Um, he was awesome. And kudos to Mark Cardenas, who invited this guy, yeah. who actually said, you know, personally, I'm Catholic, said the state rep. <gasps> but I asked Reverend Felton to give a secular invocation because that's the most inclusive. It's applicable oh to all God, of us. People can be nice and chill. I know. So that was a... And by that's... the way, there's a really cute picture of Felton and Athena outside... Uh, after he gave his invocation. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's He looks like a cartoon character of a priest. Like, he's so cute. He's exactly like the like the he's, casting, he's, central yeah, casting of a priest. Casting. Yeah. He's got, like, salt and pepper hair yeah. and is, like, just an affable-looking white yeah. guy. <laughs> he's awesome. So, anyway, that was a, that's a nice way. And Are he, we going to end this podcast on a nice note for the first time in our fucking oh, run? Oh, hey, no, I got more oh. stories for <laughs> Did you know the Girl Scouts can't sell cookies because they support abortion? I can do that one or not. Wait. Uh, In Kansas City. We we have to end this on a down note. I'll keep talking. Uh, The Kansas City Archdiocese has said we are no longer supporting Girl Scout troops because a fellow archbishop says those cookies fund abortions. So every time, I guess, you take a bite of a Thin Mint... A fetus dies. Cool. Good news. I have a box of Girl Scout cookies in my <laughs> pantry, and I'm going to give one to Hammett. Thank you. And one to me. Oh, these are ones I don't have at home. Yeah, they're s'mores. Oh, nice. Um, I bought them outside. I really wanted them, and I didn't have any cash, and my husband did have cash. These are pretty good. Yeah, they're really good. They're they're new. Anyway, Abortitastic. I wasn't listening to you. I was abortitastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what my next tattoo is. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so this archdiocese says we're not going to host any Girl Scout troops. We're not going to... Help them out. And I don't, I think they also said you can't sell cookies in our churches. That feels like just a loss on the church's part. Yeah, you would think so. Um, This, by the way, here's the funny thing. Uh, That's not funny at all. But (laughs) the reason the Kansas City Archdiocese is doing this at all Uh is because there's this other uh, archbishop uh, of St. Louis, Robert Carlson, who started this whole don't support the Girl Scouts, they fund abortions. Uh His argument is that when you give cookies to the Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts funds various groups, one of which has something. Oh, I think one of which was connected to like they provide birth control and mammograms and general health screenings, uh, screenings and abortion services. It's kind of like the Girl Scouts supports a group like Planned Parenthood or something with some of the funds that they do. But I don't think it was Planned Parenthood. But anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they helped the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts which is an organization, this guy said, is tied to the International Planned Parenthood. But here's the thing about this guy, Robert okay. Carlson. That cookie was really good. And I'm still eating it. Um, 
a couple years ago, uh-huh. he was invited. Invited. He had to give testimony. He had to give a <laughs> deposition because a priest under his leadership oh, in no. the seventies oh, no. was accused of having oh. sex with a little boy. Oh, no. And when, during this deposition, they basically wanted to know: Did you know this was happening? And what steps did you take when people reported it? That's what they wanted to ask this guy, of right? Um, they asked him: Did you know pedophilia was a crime when all this was happening? His response. I'm not sure whether I knew it was a crime or not. I understand today it's a crime. So he didn't know pedophilia was wrong back then. And he didn't take action, swift action, against this priest who molested a kid. But he has the moral authority to say Girl Scouts, you know, can't be supported because they sell cookies because they're girls. And they're not like out there advocating for abortions. At what point? At what point do are people like you and I not necessary to put like a spin on it? Like, hey, do you see the hypocrisy here? Like, at what point can we just let people talk for themselves? By the way, the Girl Scouts were like, we don't have a relationship with Planned Parenthood. It's and not that we support them or don't. We and just also, don't. literally, fuck off. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my place. I, so, yeah. I hate... I and hate. for some reason, it's not just the Catholic Church doing this. There was an evangelical pastor, Kevin Swanson, who once said, like, he didn't want to buy Girl Scout cookies because they, quote, support lesbianism. Oh, yeah. I remember when I, that happened. I, I think I bought, like, six boxes that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's um, a question. If oh. you're part of the Catholic Church, why? Why do you support a church that does stuff like this? Especially if you're directly in the Kansas City or St. Louis Archdiocese, Mm -hmm. and you see this is your leadership. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to give up believing in God. That's not going to happen just because I'm like, don't like this guy. And I don't care if you believe in God or not. But why are you supporting these people? I I completely... Buy some goddamn cookies. They're so good. I... (laughs) um, Yeah, chew right in the microphone. People really like that. It's good. (laughs) Isn't it good? They're smarts. Did I say that already? Anyway, um, I, I think the thing that that gets under my skin the most is this sort of this hypocritical pro-life garbage. And I, I've literally already said it in this episode, but I have no problem. I, I don't think this can be stated enough by myself or not that I speak for you, but like, I really don't care if people believe in God or not. I mm-hmm. really could yeah, it's not. It's a low priority for me. I could not care. And, and people talk a lot about like conversion tactics and like, I think there is a space for those. And I think those people, what they're doing is good and well-meaning and important. It's not for me a thing that I really care about. I I could not care. Like you go in your house and you do whatever you want to do. If you don't want to eat meat on Fridays during Lent, like I, that's, that's, that's your jam, dude. Yeah. Did it come because like fish sales were down and I think Ireland. (laughs) And so they said no meat on Fridays. Yeah, probably. But if you want to incorporate that into your life, God bless. It's the effects of all this stuff. Right. It is the, anybody trying to shove anything down my throat or, or pretend that you have the moral high ground Mm -hmm. just because you, you're not better because you're, you're not better just because you get together and like you have the discipline to get up early on Sundays and go to church. Doesn't mean you're more moral than I am. It's it, it it's a thing that's exhausting, and I feel like we're. I just, why do you? How can you say you're pro life and not care about children who actually exist? As long as they're not adopted by gay people. That's it. Just 
it's just they can't the have whole, welfare, healthcare, the welfare thing forget is it. garbage. Because again, it comes back to like, well, you shouldn't have had sex. Like, okay, that's not how the world <laughs> we're living in works. As soon as the kid is born, it's their fault or something. You, I just if you think you're pro life and you supported this this most recent healthcare, it makes no sense. Garbage pile. Yeah. It's. Like, take a good long look in the I, mirror I and tell me what back, you really care about. I hope it comes back to bite the ass of, I mean, not just the Republicans, but like, this, but is, mostly the Republicans. this is a religious right. This is something they pushed for. Right. This is something their representatives that they wanted elected. This is what your morals This is what are. they got from it. So they own this. Mm. Are people going to leave the church because they recognize this is political? This isn't about serving God. Mm. This is just hypocrisy. And like, we are not living up to it. How do you stand? I I mean, we asked this when, how do you support Donald Trump when all this is going on? But how do you support all these actions too? Because there's nothing, if Jesus said, Anna Marie Cox or something on Twitter, like, Jesus said, love the poor, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like, no, where is that in all of and this? I it feel like I sense. say this in every episode of, like, there was, like, one little, line, like, throwaway line about, like, a man should not lie with another man as with a woman in, like, one little chunk of Corinthians, question mark? Um, Leviticus. Leviticus. Mm-hmm. My bad, guys. Um, but, like... Along with the same thing that said, don't... into the microphone, we're going to get tweets. I'm done with s'mores now. Um, Along with the same passages that said, you know, don't mix the fibers. Don't mix the fibers, this shellfish thing. Uh But, like, literally Jesus' only thing was to feed the poor. Like, that was all he was there to do. Love each other, feed the poor. Love each other, feed the poor. And it's like, how is this lost? How did this get lost? Because this seems like such a basic tenant. Yeah. And if people, and what's the Gandhi quote? Like, we, I love your Christ. Why are Christians not more like your Somewhere, Christ? Yeah. No, I think I said it exactly how he said it. <laughs> basically. Just like that. And then um, he took a sip of wine. <laughs> you just took a sip of wine. That's I didn't good. even. With s'mores. Right? Um, it just seems, if you're going to say you're a believer in Christ, like, he was pretty fucking clear yeah, what about would that Jesus garbage. do? Not this. Not any of this. And the whole thing about how, like, oh, Democrat, like, because the way the parties have existed in the course of America, that, like, oh, the Democrats were the pro- pro-slavery party. Like, yeah, you're right. But that doesn't, <laughs> that's in no way relevant to, like, do you, th- I'm sorry, do you think Abraham Lincoln would be a modern-day yeah. Republican? <laughs> do you think that's how... I'm think surprised he, modern day Republicans do you think are he's modern like, day Republicans. Like a puppy, like attracted to light that like, oh, it says Republicans. That's the thing I need. And not <laughs> doesn't use like a lick of critical thinking to Am I ranting? Yeah, it's all right. We're done. Okay. Um so thanks for listening. <laughs> uh we'll be back next week, We're I'm good sure. At wrapping these up. Sure. We yeah, we do transitions. Oh my god. <laughs> Nail them every um, time. Thanks for listening. If you are interested uh, in supporting, hey, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah. And our I Twitter. I couldn't tell feeds. you when you were talking about asking people to donate, my palms started sweating immediately because it Creepy. makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a weird thing to ask. It but is. hey, if you like it. But we, we do. It's okay. You don't we, have we to support me. We carve out a lot of time in our, in our week to do this. We do. And it's a thing I love. And I want to keep doing it. Yeah. And we'll figure out ways to keep making it better. Um, my <laughs> Twitter I'm sorry, is, this is at Hemant podcasting. Meta. Oh, I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-E. Uh, thanks for your feedback. We <laughs> like it. It's fun. Yeah, tweet. Um, uh, our email is friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail. Uh, you guys have been sending, I've gotten some incredible, 
incredible emails. Um, I got some. One of them said, stop talking about feministy stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Hey, guy, <laughs> fuck <laughs> off. I'm here forever. Also, somebody asked me to get fired. You can't fire me. I'm not. That's not how podcasts work. That's not how the world works. Um, yeah, Tweena, I have so much fun talking to people. Yeah. Like when I'm in the middle of my like garbage work day, when I'm wearing a blazer, it's not true. I have a perfectly nice job, <laughs> but I'm like wearing a blazer and heels and really rethinking my priorities. And I get like a really nice, somebody tweets at me a drinking game that they made up based off how much I scream. Like it's, <laughs> it's great. I really appreciate Grimmies. you guys being out there. Thanks um, all. And <laughs> yeah, when you say mean things about me, I read them and cry. So <laughs> think about that. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.